Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio. Presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. This is where Chicago goes to talk Bears. Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chicago's home for Bears fans. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The score! And now, live on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app, it's Gabe Ramirez. Happy Labor Day, everybody. It is Gabe Ramirez broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. My wife's at her parents' house, and I told them, make sure there's some ribs on that plate when I get home after this shift. But your ribs are already in your belly, and you're letting it settle on the way home. Be safe. And just sit back and relax as we begin with the trifecta. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Three. That's a magic number. Morrell going to third. He will slide. He's got a triple. My favorite three stories that have happened in the world of sports. Maybe I'll put some pop culture in there one day. Not today, though. Today, we're going all sports, and we begin with numero tres. And that is Brian Kelly's LSU debut doesn't necessarily go as planned. Transfer QB Jaden Daniels from ASU. Kick things off with a nice little 25-yard scamper. But, you know, you thought things would be rosy for LSU. But then the Seminoles had other plans. Uh, the Tigers were down 14 with 10 minutes to go in the fourth. And Daniels did a great job. He just looked like a professional quarterback out there. Uh, led his team back. It was 26 for 39, 209 yards, two tutties. But he really used his legs a lot. Offensive line was trash. 14 rushes for 114 yards. Then with no time left on the clock, Shaheen Brown blocks Damian Ramos' extra point with no time left. It was unreal. First of all, the stadium was going crazy from the beginning. I mean, the introduction that LSU had was absolutely crazy. Pyrotechnics looked like a Bad Bunny concert in downtown Chicago at Soldier Field. It was insane, but they shouldn't have lost. The game shouldn't have been that close. FSU just stumbled over themselves, it seemed, throughout the entire game. And it was terrible that they had to come back to get to that point. But how? it's like I play a lot of Madden. And very rarely do you see an extra point get blocked. And in college football to end the game, you think it's a lock. And then for that to happen, just heartbreaking. I I even feel bad for Brian Kelly after a 
uh, an opener like that. But he has a lot of work to do. He, I'm here with my family. <laughs> he understands that. So it's going to be interesting to see what path LSU takes as they continue on the Brian Kelly train. Let's go to number two. Finally, we come to my number two man. His name, number two. Bears football is just six days away, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm sticking to my prediction to take the Bears' money line against the San Francisco 49ers. Be bold out there. Don't take the points. Take the plus money. Be dangerous. And, you know, we as Bear fans, we just wanted to see improvement from Justin Fields, and we've seen it. And to me, that's the highlight. That's the reason why. And let's not forget, I am just not a Trey Lance fan to begin with. Uh, I think he's a little overhyped for me. But, again, when you're looking at Justin Fields, he he's passed the eye test in the preseason. And now he just needs to execute in week one with the weapons that he does have. I mean, are you confident in Darnell Mooney? I am. Are you confident in Cole Komet? I am. Are you confident in the the new defensive scheme being implemented by the Chicago Bears? I am. Well, you might not be, but head coach Matt Eberflus is. We're really excited about it. Uh, You know, excited about the competition, excited about getting going, putting our product on the field, and uh, we're, we're, we're looking forward to it. Extremely confident is what he is, as he should be. They've done a phenomenal job. I've, I've checked out the interview with Ryan Poles as he cut the roster down to 53 men, and everything he said was great. I'm going to read a couple of quotes from him later on in the show, but Bears football six days away, but only one away from my top trifecta moment. He was number one. And that is that the White Sox just two games out. How'd but, that happen, huh? Hey, you blinked. That's what happened. Seriously. You blinked. The Sox, once again, are at 500, 67 and 67. First in the bigs in batting average. They've been hovering around third and fourth, and it's something that I've always pointed to when I've been frustrated at the lack of offensive production for this White Sox team, that they're hitting the ball. It's just not. It's just untimely hitting. And, and, and without the long ball. And what we've seen over the weekend has been just that. Some, some, some big hits. You got Rami getting his first big one. Um, but the Sox taking two out of three against the Minnesota Twins. Guardians just crumbling right before our eyes. And the Twins are losing right now to the Yankees. So, Sox just got to handle business today. Two games out, 30-some games left, and it's about staying hot. And we'll get into what I saw, what I felt was a very important moment. I don't want to see a turning point because I'm tired of those two words when describing this White Sox team. But it was a moment that I felt connected the team together. And it was in the bottom of the ninth on Friday when Andrew Vaughn got hit. And the bench is cleared, and I saw Lance Lynn with his demonic look leave the bench, not looking to his left or his left. It was like he blacked out and just started running towards the mound. And I just, I don't know, Miguel Cairo, the way he looked, Kopech, the way he looked. I mean, it, just, it was just a, an awesome moment for the team. And it's not the pitching that I was ever worried about. It was the offensive production, and they came out the next day, smacked 13 runs on the board. So... Tough loss yesterday for Giolito. He pitched the gem. Couldn't pull out the same kind of offensive production. But you know what? You're two games back. And you just got to handle business against a tough team in the Seattle Mariners and a team that continues to crush your soul in the Oakland Athletics later on in the week. But we'll see. Well wishes to the Chicago White Sox. And that, my friends, is your trifecta. Three. That's the magic number. Ah, three. It is. It's the magic number. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. And that's what we do, man. We are live and local, even on a Labor Day. While you're out there enjoying your food, hanging with your family, friends, or maybe just by yourself because you had a long weekend, 
you have the opportunity while traveling through the city to listen to information about some of your favorite teams. Now, a team that I didn't get to, hmm, Chicago Cubs. They, uh, they didn't look too good this weekend. Got a nice little Cubs jersey on over there, Sean. I see you. Got swept this weekend by the St. Louis Cardinals. 8-0, Tough. But a good game yesterday for Marcus Stroman. Didn't, didn't, yeah. you feel, didn't you feel good after watching that? Yeah, no, that was that was the highlight of the weekend for sure. It had to have been. Pitched the gym, went seven, gave up four hits, struck out five. But the Cubs got two hit by Miles uh, Michaelis. Yeah. That was tough. It was bad. I mean, because you know what? The Cubs seem to have just a, such a, scra- a scrappy team. They can they can kind of make it work. You know, there's like the walks were low. It's just tough, man, watch, watching that game. But But I was happy for Stroman. I can't say it enough. I mean, it's a guy that I feel like he's had such an up and down year, dealing with injuries, dealing with drama, not necessarily the team that he probably thought he was going to, made some changes within there, and it, it was tough. Brandon Hughes coming on, giving up those runs. What was up with him yesterday, man? What'd right? You, what'd you think about that? I, You know, like the weird thing with Hughes is he's a former outfielder that got converted into a pitcher maybe mm-hmm. like in last year. So mm-hmm. I think he's just kind of getting that usage total. It's just a little too high. So little Too high for you? Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. But yeah, no, I think they, they got a, you know, something they'll work on with him next offseason. But I think he's just kind of wearing down a little bit. He's been used a lot. Um, Speaking of being used, he was getting used by, by Albert Pujols. Dude. <sighs> dude. Dude, what is going on there? I can't. It's like watching 2006 Albert Pujols, man. <laughs> I was getting nightmares. He's coming to the bat. He's pinch hitting. I was like, gee, what, like, am I in seventh grade again? That's like, what's best. going on? I mean, you just you seem like a genius when you go for the pinch hit and then the guy just smacks the home run. You just really look like a genius. Oh, yeah. That manager was feeling real good about himself. Of course. Nice little two run shot there. I mean, it was just it's something that, that you really hope for. But it's good to see a guy like Albert Pujols. I mean, he seems like I mean, obviously, I don't know him personally, but he seems like one of the good guys. Oh yeah, in baseball. I, feel, I mean, that entire Cardinal team like loves him. Yeah, like, it's it, it's who it's who we wanted or we want or we think that you know Jose Abreu is sure. on the south side. That's a good comparison. You know, just that that staple in the clubhouse, the good guy, a gel guy that'll bring people together. Do you think he's gonna gonna tackle that home run feat that he's trying to reach? Man, I I hope he does. Like I was even saying, like when the Cubs were getting just shellacked this week, and I was like, man, if Pools once hit a couple home runs, that's fine with me, man. Let him <laughs> let, let's pad his stats a little bit for him. Five away from seven hundred, and I think it's very doable if he's doing if he's hitting pinch hit home runs. <laughs> if he's hitting right. pinch hit home runs, oh my goodness! I mean, it, they're bombs too. It's not like you Dude. know. He crushed that pinch hit ball. I was like, "Yep, don't even turn around, man." That don't. was in the seats. Rocket right out of there, and but but again, you you are you are grateful that you're able to watch something like that, even at this stage of his career. You still get to see the power. You still get to see the poise of a guy like Albert Pujols, who understands what his role is on that team, and just kind of sits back, relaxing, and you know, and does it. I mean, he just, I mean, it was just a rocket. He's hiding inside. And the ball was just absolutely crushed. Stadium was packed. A ton of blue jerseys out there, like always. Oh, yeah. Have you been to uh, St. Louis before? I have been, yeah. Bush Stadium's fun. Yeah? Yeah. I don't, I don't like the Cardinal fans there, but it's a good oh, time. They it's don't right like, next to Anheuser-Busch They don't and like stuff. the Cubs fans either. Oh, yeah. They make Field that aware to us. Here. Yeah. I've been to so many Cubs-Cardinals games over the years at Wrigley, and the Cards fans just travel so well. They do, man. Especially over the last decade, because they've just been so good. <laughs> they just don't care. They, they feel as though they're going to be able to be the team that can go ahead and just crush your soul. But the St. Louis Cardinals sitting in first place in the NL Central. And as the playoffs are right around the corner, you're looking at that team. And and I'm trying to look at the AL and thinking, or excuse me, the NL and thinking to myself, you know, 
is Milwaukee going to be able to just pull off a couple of victories at the end to make it interesting? I don't think so, man. Their offense is pretty bad. And their pitching, too. Like, their two best starters have been kind of so-so. That's what it is. It's been the pitching. And granted, you know, because in baseball, you can still get a nice little 2-1 victory here and there if, you're, if, you're, if your arms can keep you within range. So you don't necessarily need a ton of offensive production, but it's, it's sad to watch. Yeah. Th- those things make me real sad, Sean. I got to be bummer, very honest. Man. You, you... They, they make me very sad when I watch teams that played well earlier in the season and then they just crash and burn before the playoffs because then you say it's always like a what-if kind of a scenario. And then you have to wait the entire offseason watching the playoffs saying to yourself, we know we're better than this. It's the team. Chicago Bulls situation all over again, man. Over and over again. Over in the AL, pretty much more of the same. You got the Baltimore Orioles two and a half games out. And, you know, I'm sure their fan base is thinking the same thing. If we didn't trade away some of these guys, you know, we, we might have been in a better predicament to, to do that. But they're seven and three in their last 10. So they're playing good baseball. Your wild card teams right now Seattle, Tampa Bay, and Toronto. Of course, the Sox seven games out from that last spot if they if they don't get a chance to to catch up to the Cleveland Guardians. But on the other side, in the end, now you got Atlanta, San Diego, and Philly. It's going, I, I was uh, talking on my podcast earlier, Southsiders podcast. If you have not checked it out, download the Odyssey app. That way, you can hear about some good White Sox baseball in uh, unfiltered form. Because we kind of cursed a little bit on that one, but we were just talking about the fact that you know there's nothing like playoff baseball. I love, listen, the order of my favorite sports go football, basketball, baseball. But I still love playoff baseball better than any other sport that's out there because every pitch is just so meaningful. So it's going to be interesting to see how that whole thing plays out. And hopefully with the White Sox two games out, they can make their way into that thing as well. Uh, I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. And speaking of making things uh, better. We are going to be talking to Pat Finley, who's going to make this show a little bit better as we talk about the Chicago Bears. I cannot wait to talk to him because I have a ton of questions. More, most importantly, is when Matt Eberflus says that he is confident in his team. Is that just coach speak? Or does he genuinely feel that way because there's a level of confidence and trust in this team? We'll ask Pat Finley that question on the other side. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Happy Labor Day. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Uh, we're in a good spot. We are in a good spot. We feel good where we are. We've put a lot of hard work in. We're keeping, uh, you know, we're progressing, getting better every single week. And uh, we like where we are right now. It's Coach Eberflus talking about the Chicago Bears. You know, this time next week, I'll be bragging about how I took Bears money line and my bank account is that much fatter. That, that's what I'm hoping, at least. No, no, I'm not hoping. That's what's going to happen. This time next week, that's what I'll be talking about. So lunch is on you then, right? 
Absolutely. Just like I promised you beers a, a month ago. You did. You did promise me beers. I forgot about that. <laughs> and it, I have a good memory. So I'll, trust me. And I hope that you do too. And you remember that I'm telling you right now, mortgage the house. Don't come look for my money if it doesn't work out. But I'm just telling you, mortgage your house, bet it on Bears money line with the plus money, and go ahead and, I don't know, move to Winneka so that that with your new with your, with your newfound home. Um, you know what? To, to tell me if I am delusional. In thinking that, uh, and joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, Pat Philly, Bears beat writer for the Chicago Sun-Times. Patrick, how you doing? Uh, you're delusional. That, that's how I'm doing. That's okay. You know what? <laughs> most most Bears fans are, all right? And, I, and I'm, on, I'm on this side of it. So, so you have zero faith whatsoever that the Bears are going to win this game, or do you think that they'll just cover the spread? The, the, the word faith is, is a good word because I think to look at the roster that the Bears have assembled right now and to think that they can be competitive with a team like the 49ers, uh, I think that takes faith. I, I don't know any other way to get there. Uh, you know, I could argue if I wanted to play devil's advocate that, you know, you want to play Trey Lance now. You don't want to play Trey Lance in the middle of the season. Uh, and, and in that regard, maybe the Bears have a little bit of an advantage, uh, but I I can't imagine they win this game. Patrick, I'm the devil, and I will be the advocate, and that is the reason why I'm choosing the Bears. It's not because I think they've assembled some roster that can compete with the best four teams in the NFL. It is because I think Trey Lance is a bit overhyped. I think he will turn the ball over a few times. I think he'll stop some drives that the Niners will have and just give the ball back to the Bears, who – I think will shock some people by probably putting more points on the board than they're expected to. You know, last year, that's where they struggled the most, putting points on the boards, continuing drives. Do you think they're going to uh, be, be dealing with the same sort of issues this year? Yeah, probably. Uh, you know, and part of it is just the, the fact that when you, you know, when you look at their wide receivers and you look at their offensive line, I still don't think they've done enough uh, to help Justin Fields. And, you know, today at practice, Byron Pringle was back, Bayless Jones is back, and that gets the Bears receivers room to full strength. But still, it's, it's not one of the better receivers rooms uh, in not only, not only in the league, but it's not one of the best ones in their division or conference. Uh, it's probably a bottom five one right now. Maybe they come and surprise people this season, but I think on paper, I, I – you got to squint pretty hard to make. Uh, to, you got to squint pretty hard. I mean, I and you that. do. And you know, part of it too is Lucas Patrick. You know, who is set to be their starting center. He was back at practice. He might uh, either play center or guard, depending on how his uh, broken hand uh, uh, feels this week. Because you know, just snapping that ball would be really hard uh, if he has to wear a pretty good cast on it. So the Bears are healthy, and they're as healthy as they've been at any point this preseason. I don't think that that equates to them. Uh, setting the world on fire offensively, though. We're talking to Patrick Finley right here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. Let's live there for a second and talk about Lucas Patrick. I mean, if he were to move to that guard position, who would we? Who would he be stepping over um, to replace? Probably Tevin Jenkins. Um, you know, uh, Cody Whitehair uh, is the steady veteran at left guard, and uh, and Jenkins is far more ripe uh, to be uh, replaced uh, than Cody is. I think in the best case scenario, Patrick plays center and Jenkins stays at guard. Uh, but again, if he, you know if he has some trouble snapping the ball or if they're concerned that that could be a problem, uh, that's a way to get Patrick in the lineup, uh, you know, as soon as possible. Listen, I mean, they said it from the beginning. They want the best five guys out there, and 
if Patrick is healthy enough, he needs to be out there being one of those five guys. I'm curious what David Montgomery feels about the new blocking scheme and this and the, these five guys that are going to be in front of him. What what could you say to to that in terms of David and and, and how he's feeling about you know his product, his potential productivity this upcoming season? I think there's a physicality to David's game that goes better with this offensive line and this blocking scheme and this run game than it did Matt Nagy's. Uh, you know, I wrote about this uh, after their third preseason game. You know, Montgomery hadn't played. Uh, in the preseason until he faced the Browns. And just watching him put his, you know, put his shoulder pads down and try and go through guys instead of around them, uh, I think lines up a lot more with how the Bears want to play football under Matt Eberflus than it did in the previous regime. Uh, I look at this offense and I look at uh, Luke Getze coming from the Packers and coming from a place where they, I, I think last year they're starting running back and their backup running back at the same number of carries per game. So I, I think Montgomery and Khalil Herbert are both going to see a good amount of work here. Uh, but I, I think Montgomery likes what they're doing here more than they did uh, from a run game perspective more than he did last season. Patrick, let me ask you, I mean, let me continue to ask you about David Montgomery. I'm, I'm super high on him. I, I think he's a phenomenal running back. I think he's one of the top backs in the league. But it seems as though, like, I'm a big fantasy football guy. You're looking at, like, his average draft position. You know, it's right there, like, at, like number 40, like, probably, like, the, the, the sixth or seventh uh, running back being taken. Do you see him in that same place, or do you feel like he's a little bit further down that, that totem pole? I, I mean, I don't think he's the sixth or seventh running back being taken. I think he's, like, the 15th or 16th one being taken, at least in the leagues I've played in. I, I think that there's a possibility to get some really good value out of him because you know the Bears are going to turn around and run the football a lot. And the more you look around the NFL now, you just can't say that about half the teams in the league. So if you want a running back who you know is going to have the ball in his hand, I, I think Montgomery makes sense. What concerns me is, is like I said, uh, maybe a little bit of a timeshare situation with Khalil Herbert, or at least the Bears not being afraid to put Herbert in. Now, in real-world football, uh, I, think, I think Montgomery – is uh, a really, really important piece to this team. And I think he has an opportunity to be Justin Fields' best friend because I think the best thing the Bears can do for Fields sometimes is just have him turn around, hand the ball off, not get hurt, yeah. <laughs> not get sacked, all that sort of, all that sort of good stuff. You know, it's, to me, it's really an intriguing question about whether or not Montgomery should get paid uh, to stick around beyond the end of his contract this season. They really like him as a guy, and I've pointed this out a bunch of times. You know, at the end of season press conference last year when George McCaskey talked, he singled out like three players by name, and one of them was David Montgomery. So you know that they've noticed him at the highest levels at Hallett Hall. Uh, but you know what? Good teams typically don't pay running guys, and uh, that's a trend in the NFL, and it's been a trend for the last 10 years or so. You know, unless you're Jerry Jones, you usually don't back up the Brinks truck. Uh, so if the Bears were to pay Montgomery – you know, on a three-year extension, for example, uh, they'd be bucking uh, a league-wide trend. We're talking to Patrick Finley right here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. You know, uh, talking about David Montgomery and the Bears team, it, it seemed like the Bears last year just, they, they seemed to lack, like, identity. They didn't have that. They didn't have a leader. Cleo wasn't there a lot of the times. But David Montgomery seemed to step into that role. He was very vocal, seemed to take ownership of whatever was happening on the field. I really appreciated that about him. And I'm sure McCaskey did as well. And you mentioned a second ago he could be Justin Fields' best friend in this upcoming season, but he's not going to supplant Darnell Mooney, and we, we know that. But it will be great to see, like, you know, a meme with, like, Justin and David and, and Darnell on either side of him, and they're just, you know, all smiles because they're playing well. But I'm concerned, 
Patrick, I'm concerned with the wide receiver group because of the drop-off after Darnell Mooney. Who would you say that you're most confident in in that wide receiver room after Darnell Mooney? Can I pick a tight end? Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> Cole Kmet. Um, beyond that, uh, I don't know that I could say anybody. I mean, Byron Pringle came back today. Bayless Jones was back today. Pringle hasn't practiced or hadn't practiced since the first week of August. Pringle had been in and out of practice for the last couple of weeks. Equinemius St. Brown, you know, I can't decide whether St. Brown uh, had an advantage because he knew the playbook, and therefore, you know, that's why we've seen him do some good things this preseason or or whether he's turned a corner that the Packers couldn't get him to turn. Uh, You know, they're claiming guys last week. uh, You know, their, their receiver room has more question marks than most, and, uh, you know, if I had to pick a guy, it'd probably be Komet. If I had to pick a second guy, it'd probably be Montgomery. If I had to pick a third guy, it'd probably be Khalil Herbert. <laughs> if we're talking about pass catchers, uh, Byron Pringle is probably uh, the bet I would make uh, if I had to bet um, just on, on who among that wideout group makes an impact this season. You know, he was really good last year with the Chiefs. You know, that again, you know, Patrick Mahomes is throwing the ball, and uh, he makes a lot of people look really good. You know, Equinemius St. Brown. Uh, you know, had struggled in Green Bay, but, you know, he had Aaron Rodgers throwing to him. Uh, you, know, those, you know, these guys coming from big-time offenses with big-time quarterbacks, uh, I don't think you can just pencil them in for production uh, when your offense and your passing game isn't going to be nearly at that level. Patrick, well, we haven't heard from either of those two guys, Equinemius St. Brown or Byron Pringle, is the endorsement that Devontae Adams gave uh, Carr and the Raiders saying that this is the best quarterback that he's played. We haven't heard that yet from either of those guys. But it's funny because, you know, I really look I, I, I look at those two guys specifically and I say to myself, what was the issue? Why wasn't Equinemius St. Brown better in Green Bay? Like, why, you know, what I know you mentioned him knowing the playbook and the familiarity there. But it's like I, I want to know why should I be high on a guy like that? Why should I be high on a guy like Brian Pringle at all? You're telling me I shouldn't be. But like, you know, what are the things that we should be looking for in those two guys in particular? I think with Pringle, you're looking for speed and some explosion there. With St. Brown, you know, boy, he, man, he is built like, uh, like you can't, you know, you couldn't design a player in Madden uh, who looks more <laughs> impressive than, than he does. And, and, you know, this is not, <laughs> this is not sexy, but it's true. They need receivers who can block as well. Mm. You know, when you run this outside zone scheme, uh, you know, the difference between a six-yard run and a 30-yard run is how well the receiver blocks. And I think that that's something that St. Brown uh, can do and do well. I, I think that's something that uh, they will be grading all of their receivers on. You know, Dante Pettis, you know, uh, you know, from him to Darnell Moon. And, you know, he can help the offense in that way without catching 50 balls. You know, the problem is you just look at that wide receiver group and, you know, you know I don't know that you can find somebody who's going to catch 40 balls who's not named Darnell Mooney right now. Maybe one of those guys will emerge, but everybody was so banged up during training camp that it's really hard to get a feel for that. Yeah, we're talking to Patrick Finley here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. I I, I continue to look at this roster, this 53-man roster, and just the amount of rookies that are on this team is incredible. And, you know, Paul said he welcomes it, right, because it gives him the chance to grow within the system, grow with the team. Patrick, do you look at that amount of rookies as a negative thing? Or do you agree with polls in that sense? No, I know. I mean, this is what they are. I, I mean, they are a team re- that is rebuilding. They're a team that's paying a lot of money to players who aren't on their roster anymore. Uh, and this is a team that next year has the most cap- salary cap space in the NFL. Uh, what this season should be spent for is item number one, let's figure out what we have 
in Justin Fields. And is Justin Fields the answer? Because if he's not, the Bears might have a chance to draft a quarterback next year. Uh, I personally think Justin Fields uh, uh, can be the quarterback here for a long time, but he's got to prove that. Number two is finding players who are going to be on the Bears' next good team. And that, that team isn't this year's team. And that team might not be next year's team. So you need to sort through the young guys you've got and see who's a keeper and who's not. Because of that, playing rookies, claiming six guys, all of that sort of stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's what this team should be doing. I mean, Alex Leatherwood, uh, the, you know, who, you know the, the Bears were the only team in the NFL to put in a claim for him. But he was a first-round pick from the Raiders. Before he got to the NFL, he's got the best resume you could ever hope for for an offensive lineman. He was a top-five high school recruit, went to Alabama, and all he did there was start for three seasons. Oh, and yeah, playing the national title game as a freshman off the bench. And this is, you know, that's the kind of guy I want to bet on. Kevin Jenkins is the type of guy I want to bet on. Now, you know, whether they're good fits in the scheme, whether they're good fits with your coaching staff, whether they're good NFL players, I, I don't think any of us know right now. But if you're going to place a bet, you know, betting on pedigree is never a bad idea, particularly when the Bears are just as concerned about building the next good team as they are uh, winning from week to week here. Patrick, it's, it's interesting you say that because I remember Bulls teams in like the 2010s and you're looking at guys that were drafted, always like Duke, a lot of Duke guys, a lot of Kentucky guys. You wanted guys that were winners from good programs and you were hoping that that would then transform your team. And you see the same thing here. And I, I agree with you wholeheartedly with guys like Alex Leatherwood. Bring them in. Why not? I mean, you come from a winning program and, you know, you have that understanding of greatness and we want to then mold that to, to have that happen over here. But, again, that's what the Bears should be doing. Me, myself, I'm the delusional Bears fan that thinks, you know, we're going to win a ton of games. But, of course, that, that's where we're at right now. And speaking of the amount of games, I'm going to ask you that before you leave. How many games? I wonder if that, that number's sure. changed for yeah. you. Um, but, but, but first I want to ask you, what, is the North, what does the NFC North look like to you? I mean, obviously, you know, you have a Green Bay Packer team without, the, you know, their star receiver where their wide receiver room looks a little suspect over there. You have a, 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 a topsy-turvy squad in, in the Minnesota Vikings. And then you have a, a darling now that they're on hard knocks in, in, the, in the Detroit Lions to round out that NFC North. Who do you or what, how do you see that playing out one through four? Do you see the, where do the Bears lie in that and who, who's at the top at the end of the season? <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't bet against Aaron Rodgers ever. Uh, he's the best football player I've ever seen with my own two eyes in person, and uh, and I'm happy to give him the respect that that deserves until until someone else can prove that they're the better team than the Packers. So I, I still have the Packers w- winning the division. I think the Vikings have a chance to be pretty good. You know, uh, bringing in Kevin O'Connell from that Rams system, you know, looking at the offensive weapons that they have, I think there's a good match there and that that's, you know, a different kind of marriage than they had when Mike Zimmer, you know, their defensive-minded, you know, head coach was there. So I think the Vikings are a playoff team, probably. Wow. And then, you know, I've had more Come people on. ask me. Come on. I've had more people ask me about the, the, the dumb lions in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> no, like friends, like, like, like my brother, like those people. <laughs> hey, what do you think about the lions? Because of this hard knocks thing, uh, you know, there's, I think they're a year away from being a year away, probably. Um, I think the Bears and Vikings are going to, or I'm sorry, the Bears and Lions are going to have a nice little competition uh, for who finishes third uh, in the division. Um, and yeah, it's uh, to me the the North looks like two teams that are going to win 
maybe 11 or 12 games and two teams that are going to lose maybe 11. uh, Yeah. And two teams are going to lose maybe 11 or 12 games. Okay. Well, hopefully one of those teams, not the bears. I'll go back to you on your win total before I get you out of here. How many of the bears win? Uh, Six and 11. Okay. I'll take that. I'll take six and 11. Six, six, six happy Mondays, Patrick. I don't mind that. Six, (laughs) six happy Mondays is better than four. Because that'll just put me in a bad place. <laughs> Patrick, thanks so much for hanging out with me on the Labor Day. I appreciate you giving me a little bit of your time today, all right? Hey, anytime. Thanks so much. Patrick Finley, Bears B-Rider for the Chicago Sun-Times, joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. 12, a couple of 11 and 12 lost teams? That's heartbreaking. Don't, don't, please don't put me through a 12 loss season. Sean's, Sean's looking to the side like it might it might happen. It might happen, man. Listen, no, it's not. Bears are winning seven games at least. At least seven games. I'm always I'm always reading this text line because I love when the haters come through. 312-644-6767. You could tell me if I'm a delusional Bears fan, or you can be delusional with me and text in and tell me how many how many wins you'd like to uh, see the Bears have. Uh, we got more Bears talk on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez live and local on Labor Day right here on 670 The Score. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Snap, play fake, rolling. Justin Fields with room if he wants to. Now he's going to pop it to a wide open. Touchdown, Cole Komet into the end zone. Right side, touchdown. Touchdown, Bears. Hopefully we're hearing a lot of that this upcoming season. Of course, that was the Fields pass to Cole Komet. And the preseason, the call by Jeff Joniak, courtesy of WBBM AM. Ah, oh, I love hearing that voice. Excuse me. Especially when he's at that tone. Because if you watch, if you listen, to, I, I listen to a lot of Bears games on the radio sometimes. And when you hear that voice, or even if you're just watching highlights on Twitter or Instagram, when you hear that, you feel good. Because he believes it. He gets you amped up, he's right? Like, Don't you dare talk about Iowa State while I'm talking about the Bears right now. I saw it in your I, No, no, no. When you crack the mic, I know you're going to go, and did you know he went to Iowa State? <laughs> Don't do that right now. Um, but it is it is exciting. And I'm trying to get you guys pumped up because, you know, we were just talking to Patrick Finley. And whereas I am the delusional Bears fan who thinks they're going to hit that over of six and a half, he sat at six, which I understand. But I can't say it enough. Bears won six last year. You were complaining about that team last year. You're complaining about that coach last year. You're complaining about that offensive line last year, as bad as it was. Are you telling me that it's going to be the same? Worse? No, it's going to be a little bit better. I'm not saying 10 win better, but it's going to be a little bit better. That's why I asked you guys to text in 312-644-6767 so you guys can let me know if I'm either delusional or you're delusional with me. We've got got some good ones on the text line. Shout out to everybody that's uh, texting in right now. First, someone says, first of all, thanks for doing the show today. So we do, man. We're live and local. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful to be here right now to be talking sports, especially about my Chicago Bears. But he says, uh, and because I have something to listen to while I work today, he says, also, I'm with you, Gabe. I say eight or nine, go Bears. That seems doable. The North, despite what he thinks about, uh, Patrick Friendly thinks about the Minnesota Vikings, I think we could split with, I think the Bears could split with them. I think the Lions are an overhyped team because of hard knocks. And, and me personally, when I watch hard knocks, I think they're a poorly coached team. They have some NFL veterans there. But when you're looking, at that, at that coach, and you're seeing how he's handling practice and his mindset, I'm just like, nah, that's not a team that's going to be able to adjust at halftime and make the right moves and put the guys in position. I, seem, I feel like everyone there is just playing for the moment, playing for their next contract, their next job, specifically those coaches. So I think there's a, there's a possibility to there. Uh, a couple of other messages that are coming in from the 815 says, Mr. R, 
Oh, that's me. Did you go to Lane Tech? I went to Kelvin Park. Yes, I did go to Lane Tech. And, 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 and thankfully, I don't mention that I go to Lane Tech as much as Sean Sears, our producer, mentions that he goes to Iowa State. I did go to Iowa State, though. Oh, did you know that? Good. I'm glad that you said that. Uh, another one said, the, the host Ramirez is a good, <laughs> the good host. Let, let the new guys host on the weekend instead of the CBS radio stuff. Listen, you got to have some national stuff in there, right? We got to mix it in. Got to mix it in. But it is good when we go live and local, and that's the best part of it. Uh, from the 708, it says, the Bears aren't winning seven games. They'll be lucky to win four. They have no talent at the skill positions. And I, 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 I beg to differ. I, I look at Cole Komet. If you look at his stats... Again, he had a ton of receptions last year. I think it was like 50th in the league in receptions. He had about 60-something. And that was with a piss-poor offense. That was with Jimmy Graham vulturing touchdowns away from him and snaps. So him being able to be in a position this this year where he is going to be the man at that position, they are going to utilize Cole Komet. Fields and Komet ha- do have that connection, and I think he is going to be a highly skilled player. So if you drafted him in your fantasy leagues, be looking out for a couple of touchdowns from him. You look at Darnell Mooney, it's hard to make an argument that he is not a skilled position player. And David Montgomery, who, by the way, went to Iowa State, he uh, he's a phenomenal running back. You just you can't say it any other way. He's going to be great catching, he's great catching the ball out of the backfield. He's awesome running after contact. So, again, I, I disagree with that statement. You could have, if you would have pointed to the offensive line, I would have said okay. But as far as the skilled position players, I'd have to do that from the 815 game. My only futures bet on the Bears this season is Matt Eberflus at 40 to 1 to win coach of the year. That's a great bet. I love that bet. I do listen, I, I gamble all the time. I do a show on BetQL that you guys should be listening to. BetQL, you in the action Saturdays, myself, Alyssa Bergamini, Pete Futek. And I'm telling you right now, that's a great bet. First of all, I love good plus odds like that. And I'm all about storylines. And in order to win futures bet, you have to envision a particular storyline. And granted, it might be a far-fetched storyline that he'd win coach of the year. But at 40-1, to 1, let's say, like Ice Cube said, they messed around and got a triple-double. But they messed around and got double-digit wins. He'd be in line for coach of the year with that team. He'd be the story of the NFL, man. If the Bears somehow, let's okay, let's say they don't make the playoffs, but they somehow are like, you know, last two weeks of the season, they're somehow, you know, on, on the tail end. You know how that, the graphic comes up when you're watching the game? The in the hunt. In the hunt on the side. If the Bears are there, then it's very possible that he could be in the conversation for Coach of the Year. So I love that 40-1 to 1 bet. But he said the Bears are going to go 10-7. and 7. Like I said, double digits could get you there. Um, got some Iowa State love out there. Is that your parents? Is that your your, your brothers or something like that? Your no, I don't cousins? know. Not, I'm the only one that went to Iowa State, my family. Oh, so. Okay. And then uh, this one that I love the most from the 708, Hammer the Bears week one Fields has revenge on his mind against the Niners. I'm t- I am going to put a ton of money on this game. Did you said literally what that texture is said on the show? Like multiple times. I mean, it's the, all things point to that. And listen, if you want to take safe money, take the points. Fine. You, if you just want to win, you want to buy yourself lunch for the week, put 50 bucks, take the points. I cannot see a scenario. Well, yes, I can where Trey Lance proves me wrong, right? That's the only one, but look, I, as I just said that, you just tilted your head to the side in the car. I know you did because you're like, yeah, hey, that's a that's a big if. And so, again, I, I agree there that, you know, Fields, the Bears, they could pull off the upset. But if you want just easy money, just go ahead and take them. Uh, plus the thing, I got one last one I'll mention to you before I get to this Ryan Poles quotes. You're a delusional Bears fan. Bears winning four. If the Bears win four, it'll be a miracle. A miracle? A miracle? 
Have you seen? You do understand we, the Bears have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. Dude, they're going to fall backwards into four wins, probably. It's just, you know, it's just what it is. And, and you know what? I know I said that was the last one, but I'm just going to read a part of this last text that just came in a second ago. Thanks for all the positive comments, Gabe. That's what I'm here for, Papa. We live and local. 670 to score. I ain't going to come on this radio station and bash the Bears and be the angry old guy that's talking about, ah, Bears, ah, nah. No. I, I'm, I'm born and raised here. I, I, I live and die. I mean, mostly invested in this team. Like I said, if the Bear, like Patrick Finley said, the Bears are going to win six games. That's six happy Mondays for me. Better than four. Yeah, better <laughs> than <that>. four. <laughs> but you know what? I, I, one thing that really does get me happy is Ryan Poles. And I just want to read just one quote that he had. He, had, he sat down with Larry Meyer, Bears senior writer on ChicagoBears.com. And I think this was the, the most uh, imp- important one to me. And it was about his construction of the roster. And he says, what were your main objectives in putting together this Bears roster? And he said, really? This is what Ryan Poles said. Really? It was a holistic thing. How can we add the most amount of talent possible at all the positions? We had a lot of free agents leaving when I walked in the door. Didn't have a first-round pick. He's like, we got a second-round pick. We got some guys we liked. We added value by trading back. He's been proud of the rookies. Similar approach to free agency. Didn't have a ton of money. So we really had to get guys that had specific traits and skill sets that they were looking for. And then the same thing with the waiver period. Where can we add to the roster? If it's a corner, are there... And they're like someone else that we've already have on the roster. Can they also play special teams? So there are a lot, a lot of different thought processes, but it really was just how can we add the most amount of talent possible? And I love that. And if you really got into the article and, and hearing how polls deployed a team to scour the NFL training camps to find out and really act as GMs of these other teams to see how they were going to construct their roster so that they can be prepared for these waiver wire claims. So it wasn't desperation like most would say. It was a well thought out strategic plan by Ryan Poles and his counterpart. I love that. And I, and I, it gets me excited not only for this season, but every season that will come after this, that Ryan Poles is the GM of this team. You know what else gets me excited? Talking to my guy, Nick Shipkowski. I love Shep. 670, the score alum. Him and I have crossed paths in this hallway over a decade while we've been here together. And I cannot wait to talk to him, not only about some Notre Dame football, but about what the hell happened yesterday between LSU and FSU. We'll talk to 670 score alum Nick Shepkowski about both of those things right after this. I'm Gabe Ramirez, and this is Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 